us to conquer that year. That year did not see the end of any of us. For this, we say, please accept our thanks in Jesus' name. This is year 2022. We have started already. And Lord, we thank you because your fresh air is already blowing on us. So you be glory to you, be honored to you, be praised and adoration forever in the name of Jesus. Father, this morning as we are gathered together for this impartation service, we ask that you will greatly impart upon our lives in the name of Jesus. The needed strength to be on top all through the storms, the challenges and the trouble of year 2022. Please release upon us in Jesus' name. As we go into your world this morning, sweet spirit of the living God, we ask that you will communicate your intention for the now with us. You will shine the light of your word upon our spirit. You will energize us from within so that we might be able to take charge without. In the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, have your way glorify Jesus. And let the power of God's word find expression in all our lives. Thank you, King of Kings. Glory be to your name forevermore. In Jesus' precious name, we pray. Hey. If you're excited to see this wonderful morning, I want you to shout the living hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Please be seated. God bless you. You're welcome in Jesus' name. I want to welcome every one of us to this wonderful service. This morning is an awesome service. It's a service with um, a focus and direction. I believe God will fulfill his intentions for every one of us this morning in Jesus' name. Uh, I thought I was going to be able to push this to the, uh, to, after the sermon, but I, you know, we have been thought in the Redeemed Christian Church of God that we should give honor to whom honor is due. And um, so I, I, I have to do that as a matter of responsibility. Uh, we have in the house this morning special people. We are all very special. Praise the Lord. But we have our our leaders and our fathers in the house and we cannot uh, take their coming for granted. Praise God. Uh, they all have their duty post, but um, for reasons uh, of joy and celebration, they are worshiping with us this morning. And so with Jesus' joy, I want us to appreciate God in the life of our Father and the Lord, the pastor in charge of Region 27, <laughs> Pastor and Pastor Mrs. Omunagwe. As they come, can we jam our hands together? Let's Welcome them. Daddy, you are welcome, sir. Amen. Glory be to God. Interestingly, Daddy's daughter has been worshiping with us. And so Daddy is here for his grandchild uh, dedication, baby dedication. That's why he's here with mommy. Amen. We'll do that properly when it's time for that. And also we have in the house this morning also, in fact, this pastor is not just a, a pastor in charge of the problem. He's, he has been a youth pastor of where well, we've known a long time ago. You know, you never know he's, uh, he's a grandfather to be, praise God. Interestingly, his daughter too will be getting married here. Amen. He's a pastor in charge of FCT Province 2, Pastor Adewu. Can we get my hands together for him? He's a pastor in charge of the province all the way from Abuja, the first capital territory. Daddy, you're welcome, sir. Amen. Uh, it's, a, it's a wonderful service. I'm glad we have our fathers, our senior pastors in the house, and I'm trusting God that our coming here this morning will make an impact, a lasting impact upon our lives in Jesus' name. 
is an impartation service, and I'm going to be taking my text from the book of Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4 is a story, at least every one of all church boys and girls uh, must have had an opportunity of listening to uh, talked about preached to us. But I believe God wants us to see one or two things, a parable, one of the parables of Jesus. And um, I don't just want to go straight to where my focus is going to be, but I would love to read so that we have an overview of the story. I'll be very fast about that. Uh, Mark chapter 4, I'll read from verse 1 to 25. It's about 25 verses, but I'll be fast with it. And he began from verse 1, and began again to teach by the seaside. And there was gathered unto him a great multitude, so that he entered into a ship and sat in the sea. And the whole multitude was by the sea on the land, and he taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in his parable, in his doctrine, Akin, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up, and some fell on stony ground, where he had not much earth, and immediately sprang up, because he had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because he had no root, it withered away. And some fell among tongues. And the tongues grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. Another fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up, and increased, and brought forth some thirty, some sixty, some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that had ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the twelve asked of him the parable. And he said unto them, Unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But unto them that are without, all those things are done in parables, that seeing they may see and not perceive. And the they may hear and not understand, lest at any time they should be converted, and their sins should be forgiven them. And he said unto them, Know ye not those parables? And now then will ye know all parables. The sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside, where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately, and taketh away the word that was sown in their heart. And these are they likewise, which are sto sown on stony ground who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among tongues, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and it becoming unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word and receive it and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. If the Lord bless the reading and hearing of his word in our heart in Jesus' name. All right, we are still in the same spirit of fresh air because the fresh air is still blowing. Hallelujah. But some few days ago, I had an experience, and that is actually what informed this particular message this morning. I believe God gave me that experience and also decided to use that experience to communicate some knowledge, truth to us as his children. I had an opportunity to be on, uh, on the farm. I, I believe you know now that I'm a farmer. So I was on the farm. Uh, we have a cassava plantation fairly large. And a good number of the people that were on the farm had gone on leave you know, for the holidays. So we had to ask them to go for the holidays. And I decided to walk through the cassava farm. Because, you know, definitely when you plant your crops, weeds naturally will grow. Though we have been doing all what we could to combat this weed. 
But some started growing eventually. So before they left for the holiday, they were able to take out the weed. It's just like a, a farm area. Half, almost half of the farm area had been weeded. So the remaining half was left. So we can take this all, half of it weeded, all the weeds removed. Then from the middle point to the end, still had weed with the cassava farm. When I got there, I noticed something so clearly. The weed that was on the other part of the farm made it look like there was no cassava there, even though there were cassava growing there. But the one that was, that was already weeded, I noticed that they were looking very fresh. They were alive. Plant taking carbon dioxide. You understand? Because that's part of what is in the air to grow. The breeze, or let me say the air was blowing on all the farm. You know, wind moves in cycle. As it was moving, I found out that the crop that had no weed seems to be the only one enjoying the benefit of the air. They were excited. The leaves were dancing. While the other ones in that has been covered up with weeds, not really covered, but had weeds within, the wind was blowing. The air was blowing on them. But it was as if they were not really, you know, everything was just calm. And, and I was walking out like, okay. And the Lord said to me, he said, fresh air blows on everyone. But any life that is weeded will only be the one that will benefit. But lives of men that have been encumbered, surrounded by weeds, even though the fresh air is blowing, the weed will be an interruption to their maximizing the benefit of the breeze. And the Lord took me to the text that I read to us. In this story, Jesus was talking to three categories of people. Two major categories of people, rather. Those that have not accepted the word. Because in all of that parable, all Jesus was trying to establish is the potency of God's word. He was trying to establish that God's word can never fall to the ground. What he was trying to establish is that God's word is powerful enough to change lives, to change stories of men, to turn destinies around, to give people new songs to sing, to bring testimonies, signs, and wonders to the lives of people. Because the foundation of this entire universe was founded on the word of God. And he likened the ministry of the word to the responsibility of a farmer sowing seed. So he talked about the one that fell by the wayside and the bottom of the air, picked it up. And they couldn't allow it. They didn't allow it to bring forth. You know, that was one of the songs we were taught when we were in primary school. That evil bird will not steal whatever they have taught us in class. You remember that song? I Baba, you know. I think I've sang the song there before. So many of us went to the same school. <laughs> Praise God. Now, those ones are the people that have not responded to the word of God. So we can categorize those ones as unbelievers. 
But the last two set of people were not unbelievers. He was talking about believers. He said, they had the word. They received it with gladness. Those are the ones that fell on the rock. They had the word. They were excited. They heard about the power of the gospel, what the gospel could do for them. The good news was to them a way out. They knew the Bible says this is, and God gave them a heart to receive the word. But along the line, the Bible says, because it was dropped on the rock, there was no root. It started growing. It germinated because of the quantum of soil that was there. But the soil had to be I mean, so much so that the root as it's going down, you know, because crops don't bring forth shoot without the root first going down. It is the going down of the root, the deeper it goes, the higher the shoot. So it was going down and down and down and exhausted all the available soil. And the next thing was that the root eats the rock. At that point, it couldn't go up. It couldn't go down. All of a sudden, it began to stunt and stunt, and some of them will begin to draw leaves, leaves, leaves. There's a coconut tree I refused to remove from my house. Where we planted it, it hit a rock, so it wasn't growing older. For how many years, the one that was planted that had roots going down, I started fruiting. But I just don't know why I refused to remove that thing. Because I knew it wasn't his fault, it met a rock. Now, it couldn't grow beyond that point. And the, Jesus, when he was trying to analyze this to the disciples, he said, this particular Christian have no root in himself. And because of that, persecution, challenges, affliction, they've told you that when you give your life to Christ, all the problem of your life is solved. Now you gave your life to Christ. It's as if the problem became something beyond. In fact, I've had so many people say, the problem I'm being faced with today is even much more than when I was an unbeliever. And I keep telling you, I said, look, don't be deceived. The reason why you were not seeing the problem as an unbeliever is that the devil was preparing you so that you become fat, so that when he feeds on you, you have more flesh. We call that Aaron Abakwa, fatted calf. He won't allow you to realize there's a problem. Because the beginning of a solution to a problem is when you realize there's a problem. So, but now that you have come to Christ, what the light begins to do is to show you your present real state. Now, when you begin to realize the present real state, you now see yourself in your nakedness. Yeah, that becomes, wow, so I have all of these challenges. But that is to show to you that the light is already beaming on you. Having no roots in themselves, abide for the while. When persecution begins to arise and all manner of challenges begins to arise, for the worst sake, the Bible said they became offended. And at that point, they end up becoming a nominal Christian. I've looked around, I've seen a lot of people, because you see, these are some of the weeds we need to get out of our lives this year. There are so many of us who are sitting in the church today, I can assure some of us, you know that this is not your first church. Christian, this is not your first church. Some of us have gone through so many churches. We've had so many experiences. We have met different kind of pastors. We have a different kind of experiences. When you begin to relay some of the experiences, you will have reasons why you decided to sit just as a floor member in the church. You don't want to get involved with the church. 
You don't want to be part of it. You just want to look for a place where you can just sneak into, hear the word of God, pray, and go home. Excuse me. Do you know the reason? Not because you never loved God, but because you were offended. And because of that, you couldn't go further. You couldn't go further. And do you know one of the challenges of not going further in your growth until you get to the point of flowering, you cannot become fruitful. There's a point in your Christian walk as you continue to grow, 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 you must begin to flower. Because if you go further and check out the parables, Jesus talked about when you cast the seed into the another parable of the kingdom. Say it's like you cast a seed in the field, you go, you sleep, and you wake up. You don't know how, but you just find out that it begins to move from just, it dies in the soil, grows up, brings out flowers, begins to fruit, and when you find out the fruit is mature, you come for harvest. Offenses. Offenses. Because you see, when God began to show, the fresh air is blowing. But do you know offenses could hinder a lot of us from enjoying the air that is blowing? I mean, when our Father and the Lord was analyzing some of the benefit of the fresh air, he talked about the fresh air allows the fire of the Spirit of God, the fire of God in our spirit to burn and glow. Now, the essence of the fire increasing in intensity is so that you, become, you can become more effective and more useful in advancing the cause of the kingdom. But you know, when you decide to retire because of some of the obvious challenges that have been confronted with over the years, what you have done is you have stalled your growth. You have limited your moving to another dimensions of God. Pretty, there are dimensions in God. There are dimensions we can't afford to remain nominal. It is a kingdom that requires your contribution for it to advance. And hear me, sir. When the kingdom advances through you, that's when your life can truly advance. That's when you can fully find fulfillment. We as children of God, and I'm talking about children of God, we are children of God, we are on this earth, but we are not on this earth. We are on this earth to enforce a kingdom, to establish a domain, to establish the domain of our king, to become an expression of his person, an extension of his power. And you don't become that expression or that extension until certain level, because what really depicts you as a kingdom personnel is the manifestation of the fruit that you bear. And if you have allowed offenses to come in, it can store your growth. It can store your growth. And so this morning, one of the things I'm trusting God for is that whatever represents offense in our lives, some of us, our pastors have mismanaged us. We have been wounded by pastors. We have been wounded by members. We have been wounded and we have decided not to discuss it. We decided to internalize it. And in our internalization of this particular wound, it's affecting our reaction, our action, and our position in the kingdom of God. I pray for you in the name of Jesus, that which is your portion this year, of that which God is, has released on the earth for the benefit of his children, will not elude you in the name of Jesus. The second set of believers... Apart from the one that have had offenses stalling their growth, he said in verse 19, those that are sown among tongues, say such as hear the word, and verse 19 the cares of this world. 
the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things entered and took the world. Cares of this world. Cares of this world. One of the messages I've ever had from God that anytime I try to mention it, sometimes I get a feedback that makes me look like, do you really know what I'm saying? Is to be careless about life. Someone said, how can somebody say you're careless about life? When Paul said to the church in Philippi, he said, be careful for nothing. That means be careless about everything. Why? Because by giving thought and being careful about everything, you can't have the cubit to your stature. Jesus said, this is some of the statements of Jesus. Many a times, some people try to look at Jesus, maybe that's not what he meant. When he was talking, the beatitude in Matthew, you know, he spoke uninterruptedly for almost about four, I mean, three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, 7. Look at what he said. Matthew chapter 7. Okay, no, 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 Matthew chapter 6. Let's look at Matthew chapter 6. He ended in chapter 7. Matthew chapter 6 from verse 25. He says, therefore, now he was talking about deceitfulness of riches. If you look at what he said, the preceding verse, verse 24, he said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one. And he used the word hate the one. And love the other. Or else it will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. It is you cannot serve God and the devil. Now, that statement is very, very blunt. Can I say Jesus said you should hate money? Is that not what he's trying to say? He was bringing two individuals to us. He said you have to love one and let us read his lips. Hate the other. And he said, the two individuals he's talking about is God and money. <laughs> Love God, hate money. And I said, Pastor, can you hate money? But you know what he's trying to say is that the love of money is the root of all the evil that is on earth today. You can't say, oh, I love money. You can't love money. You are not permitted to love money because if you know what mammon is, you will never love mammon. And I can give you a picture of mammon so that you know the reason why I say you cannot love mammon. Tell you an history. Lucifer was called the anointed cherub that covered it. He's the morning star, the most beautiful of all the angels. With all kind of musical instruments, very beautiful. And Mammon is also an angel. And interestingly, you don't need a prophet to even tell you this. Anywhere you see beauty, you see money there. Anywhere there is money, you see beauty. No beautiful car without money. No beautiful houses without money. So, Mammon happens to be one of the closest allies of Lucifer. So, when the plan to dethrone God was ongoing, 
Mammon was part of those that was on the table discussing with Lucifer. So when Lucifer was to come down, he came down with Mammon. And Lucifer now became the devil. Understood the psychology of men. And so his major bait to catch men into the trap has always been Mammon. Check it out. Every atrocity that has been committed in the world today at the foundation is money. Oh, you see a nation fighting one nation. Check it out. You will discover that there is something to benefit. The other time they are saying this country is a country that loves to fight for other people and is fighting for these people, fighting for that people. It's now that everybody realizes that they are not fighting for anybody. There's something they are getting from those places. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's something they are getting. They come and say, oh, you, why don't they come to Nigeria? When we have problems, they say Nigeria is not on the agenda because they know these people. <laughs> I mean, when they were interviewing, I watched the interview myself. When the answers issue was, some people were putting, it was on CNN. I don't watch them, but that day I just had the leading to. They were asking them, Nigeria is having an issue. Why are you not getting involved? Wherever. He said Nigeria is the least on the list of the country they are interested in. When I look at the list of countries, there are countries of people that doesn't have brain. The day the Afghanistan woke up to the reality of things. And they dethroned them. You now suddenly realize that what they built over the years is what they are reaping. See, we are very good people. Excuse me, sir. At the foundation of every war, there is money. At the foundation of every scene, there is money. Any man, woman, look, young girl, that's normally jumping from places to places. You see, apart from those who are demonically possessed, whose sex has been the fool, you know, there are some people like that. They, are, they, they, they call them nympho. Nympho, that is, is a demonic state of life when a, man sleep, a woman sleeps around. Apart from that, check it out. I don't have money. The guy pays my bills. Is there a young girl of about 19 or 18 years was telling me a story how a lawyer was always coming to have sex with her, have sex with her, use a, a, a towel, will come with a towel having, having, after having sex, will clean her private well with the towel and take it away. And he does that regularly. I said, do you know what he's doing with it? He said, I know. You know, and I was shocked to my bone. You know, but why didn't do anything about it? He said, she, he pays my bills. He pays my bills. Oh, you see guys doing Yahoo, doing all kind of the thing. Now it's apparent now. Everybody saying, don't allow your child to stay outside. Don't allow your daughter to stay outside. What are they looking for? They are looking for money. That is the bait. And God, Jesus knew. And he was telling us, I don't mean, don't love money because money is not supposed to be loved. Money is supposed to be your servant. Because all the angels that fell with Lucifer, Jesus has put under the sole of our feet. We need money for an exchange, but money cannot be our master. Money cannot be the reason why we act. Money should fund our action because our action should be constructive, meant to achieve an end. Deliberate and intentional. You know, we said, take no thought for your life. What should we eat? Because what should we eat? You need money. Is that not what I said in 25? Verse 25. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, your body, what you shall put on it. It's not the life more than meat and the body than raiment. What he was trying to say is everything that money is meant to buy for you, don't love money. It will be delivered without struggle. And this particular Christian 
Why he cannot be committed to God is because the, the search for money has led to compromise. He has become the rig master of bribery and corruption in his office. He found that that's the only way. Because the paycheck at the end of the month is not going to be enough to meet his needs. <laughs> Praise God. And so he has to join the cartel of those that just need to add one zero to 100,000 to become one million. Or two zeros for 100,000 to become 10 million. It's a good deal, you know. It's a good deal. You don't have to, no risk involved. You don't have to look for markets. All you just need is change the numbers. And when he comes to church, he looks at himself and say, what is the need of me praying maketo sopra? I'm not in that category. Let them be doing the praying. Let me be doing the making of the money. He's been choked. But interestingly, interestingly, at the beginning of the journey of that Christian, there's an excitement for a glorious future in Christ. I have studied and I found that because having been in the church, I've seen so many people when they were on campus. They were members, they were executive in fellowships. Oh, when it's time, many of them are in the prayer department, many of them are in the ushery. They are always, they were on fire. But as soon as they left school and they faced the reality of the economic situation, the societal effect of their environment began to hit hard on them. They began to compromise one after the other. And because a part of them have already been informed that there's a level of consecration that is needed to be a person who will advance the kingdom. And they found that they are not consecrated to that level. They begin to turn themselves to dominant Christians. The world is being choked. They now begin to live. You see, sir, if all you live for is money, you have already shot yourself in the leg. Because all you get with money will always disappear with time. That's the truth. Everything that comes from money is temporary. And the life of a man is not only meant to count in time. The life of a man is meant to count in eternity. That is what Jesus was trying to say. Look, the cares of this world. How am I going to pay fees? I'm going to... I'm going to I'm, Sir, one day I was just praying and God was just like, do you know that the more you have access to my word, you hear the gospel. You hear my word. You are like a man that is always taking bath. You are washing yourself. You are washing yourself. You are washing yourself. You find out that when you have an handkerchief that is white, if you wash yourself every time regularly, when you wipe your face, you hardly see dust there. I say yes. Say, but what do you think about my children? Who only come to hear my word once in a while? Bible study, they don't come. Prayer meetings, they don't come. They just come at a religious time. You know what a religious time is? Sunday. <laughs> Sunday is a religious time. But when you study history, you find out that Sunday is not a religious time. In fact, when you study history, many of you will be wary about Sunday. Because there was a time, it's just that, you know, there are some things that you just find in time that are just like, well, they're inventions of men, but God has honored it. If you study the Roman, the history of the Romans, you find out that today is the day they worship the sun. That's why they call it Sunday. 
But they actually infused that worship to the Roman papacy, the papacy of Rome. They fused it and so that there will be a connection between the church in Rome and the worship of the son. So there won't be issue. There were so many compromises. That's what the magic. I don't want to bug you with that. But that's the reality. But God has honored you because you are not worshiping the son, really. Each day belongs to God. But when you fix your time of assessing the word of God to once in a week, it means that how clean, how smelly, or how nice with the odor that will be coming out of your body if you only take your bath on Sunday. You bath on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you don't take your bath. And every day of the week you are exposed to what will make you dirty. Your eye sees what you are not supposed to see. What do you do? Praise God. Hallelujah. Many times I always turn my head to go back to where it's going when I'm walking on the street. You know, man, you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you just look at some things. In fact, that eye is a very dangerous thing. After you are even driving, you are past, you say you can look at it from the rear mirror. And you say, no, 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 where I'm going? <laughs> I've made a covenant with my eyes. I will not see what I'm not supposed to see. Praise God. Because when you see, you will think. And when you think, you're already contaminated. How do you get cleansed? You hear what you are not supposed to hear. You will have reacted before you realize that I'm a born again child of God. How do you get cleansed? How do we get cleansed? You see, the case of this one, if you ask sincerely, most of the people, they give you genuine reasons. I have to make sure I keep my business. That's my, my means of livelihood. <laughs> hear me sir this is blunt and heavy if you, what you do is your means of livelihood you are under utilizing your opportunity God is your source of livelihood God is your source that is when you, you lose your job the life is over but when God is your source you lose your job your life is still continues because the business that you are holding on to today something can hit that business sir Look at what happened in the last two, three years all over the world. Downsizing here and there. Companies not being able to pay. All manner of things happening. Now, if one has built all his life around those businesses, what do you think will have happened to them now? The chaos of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. Riches is deceptive. It's a trap. It's a trap, sir. It's a trap. And until... We as children of God begins to realize this. That deceitfulness of riches is depriving believers of the gem that is available in Sir, Do you know that this spirit called Mammon knows his master and knows his servant? I'm telling you the truth. He knows them. That's why in, and in, it was an English saying, and I love it, it makes a lot of sense. Someone is a bad master, but a good servant. How true? How true? Some little breakthrough, some people have forgotten about God. Some little increase in their paycheck. They've forgotten about God. Their class have changed. And they begin to look at, like, look out for men like themselves. That that will allow their ego to be polished and to shine brighter. Excuse me. It chokes the world. This year, the fresh air is blowing. The essence of the air that is blowing is for growth and development. Because 
The same way nothing will happen to a plant until maturation. So also nothing will manifest in our lives until we grow to the point it is meant to manifest. God is a God of principle. If you are meant to attain a certain spiritual height before certain things will begin to happen, that's why I always tell my sisters who are trusting God for, the, for husband, I tell them, look, it doesn't cost God anything to give you a husband. But sit down, ask yourself, is there something God wants me to know before I get married? Because if there's something God knows that you have not come to realize, that when you get married, it's going to be a challenge in your marriage, and he loves you, we keep the man away from you. But when he finds out you have met that, you have learned that, because what's the essence of God giving you a man that you will end up pushing out of the home? It doesn't cost God, I'm telling you, sir, to turn every one of us listening to me today to billionaires within the next two, three months. It doesn't cost God anything. But can God really look at us, put us on the scale, and say, if I give this one 200 million, will he still remain a Christian? I said 200 million, just 2 million. 200 million is too much. Just 2 million. I was talking to a beloved brother and he was, he said, I said, Pastor, he said, the first time I saw that I had one millionaire in my account that I can play with, he said, the way I was driving on the road, I said, let any road safety meet me. Let any last man meet me. I'm good. He has a way of pushing your confidence level and you see your shoulder, you know your shoulder has gone up. Anybody talks to me anyhow, I will sue you. How much? One million. But when God finds out that you have capacity for 200 billion, he pushes it in your direction. But he will not push it until you have the capacity. So what he develops is capacity to receive. To release is not a problem with God, but to receive is the problem with man. Because to receive what is releasing, you must have capacity for it. It's not, sir, God doesn't want to withhold good things from us. That miracle, that testimony, that breakthrough is nothing to God. But what God will always consider is the aftermath of the miracle. The eventuality of the breakthrough, what happens after. And he said, look, don't choke the word. Don't choke the word. The essence of this message this morning is that whatever represents weed around my life, that is not allowing my spiritual life to grow. Because your physical growth is without your contribution. There's nothing you do to add to your physical growth. All you just need to do is eat, drink, wake up, and sleep. You'll be a year older. Every one of us, if you are not yet a year older, all of us here will be a year older this year. We don't need to do anything. But when it comes to your spiritual growth, effort, you need effort. Brother, you need effort. To move from somebody praying for five minutes to somebody praying for two hours, you need effort. Somebody said, what do I have to be telling God for two hours? I'll tell God all I need to tell him in three minutes. If that's how you've been talking to your wife, how do you think your marital relationship will look like? You just talk to her two minutes. Why? Are you, are you okay? How's the children? How's everything? It's okay. See you tomorrow. When you see her again tomorrow, say, how are you? Are you fine? It's okay. That's how people pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I've woken up this morning. I'm going as I went yesterday. You saw me up. Today, see me again. In Jesus' name, amen. I'll see you tomorrow. God can't, you can't build. You have to 
to be intentional, sir. That word, intentional about growing. You all know, sir. I know many of us are married. Why some of us are still in the process we are in relationships? You know how you have to be deliberate and intentional about building that you call your spouse. You, you know, when you are cutting the sister, when you are going to meet her, you know, you, you, even you have brushed your mouth in the morning and it's in the afternoon you brush it again. You understand? You look at yourself in the mirror. In fact, you are so, you, in fact, some of your phone is when you now get married, you say, oh, guy, you'll be like, but I can hear you. But the way you were speaking, you were like, you were born in America. You, know? you, you try to, because you know you have to build this relationship to the point where the woman or the man will become confident enough to follow you or to be with you forever. If we can build relationship intentionally, why do you think you and I can build relationship with God unintentionally? And all God is looking for, brethren, is a family. He gave his son for him to have a family. He wants you to be a member of his household. And what a privilege to be a member of the household of God. Glory be to God. In this house, there are no poor people. In this house, there are no sick people. In this house, demons don't torture members. I am telling you the truth. Demons don't torture them because he sees upon their forehead. Touch not. Ah, beyond that, he sees the divine bodyguard that follows them everywhere. You might not see them, but you don't go out on your own. But all of these things, until God whispers to your head that you have angels around you, why struggling? That's why you know they are there. I, I love that he just gave a word, and I think some of us had him. He said many people are used to hearing God speak loud and clear, but only people hear the whisper. Ah, and he said the whisper is the still, small voice. You don't hear that word in the midst of the crowd. You don't hear it in the marketplace. You hear it when you are alone with him. When you say, Lord, I worship you. I give you praise for who you are. You are my father. And after you finish talking, you just say, son, do you know I love you? Do you know I can change the whole world because of you? And you just burst into tears. I say, Lord, me? That nobody knew in my father's house. I said, they might not know you in your father's house, but I'm you are inscribed on the palm of my head. You can't hear such a word in the depth of your spirit and something will not bubble up with your spirit. Hear me, sir. Spirituality in Christianity is founded on the rema of God. Rema of God is what God says and you have heard him. If you are sitting here this morning and you are telling me, Pastor, how does God speak? I will tell you then you have not been speaking to him. Because there's no way you will speak to God and God will not speak back to you. God is a communicator. He communicates. Because we need to be intentional about our growth. I got to realize that. That there is nothing we cannot get in life for as long as you can grow into it. There's nothing you cannot become. Every one of us is loaded with God. There is divinity embedded in your humanity. But if that divinity has not grown to the point of manifestation, humanity that grows naturally takes the day. You don't do anything to be human. It's just human. It's just human. But the spirit is the personality within the human that is just like God. Every one of us here can raise the dead. Every one of us can open the eyes of the blind. Every one of us can become anything. We can become a voice to nations. There is nothing you want to become that you cannot be. I was telling my daughter, I said, I learned, I was just telling her the importance of accessing knowledge. So I've learned that if I want to change my status, all I need to do is to get information I've not known before. Just go an extra mile. 
Many of us are living on this campground. What a privilege to have access to walk around in the night and pray in tongues. If, especially when you are like me. That by the time you kneel down on your bed, say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I give you glory. I give you honor. Amen. Hallelujah. It is when you hear kukuruku in the morning. I don't know how comforting somebody will kneel by the bed for six hours and he will not wake up. It's when you want to get on your hand. You scrub her. It's when some people can't do it for me. When, when I first, before I realized myself, I would just be praying. My wife would just touch me. You are sleeping. I said, I'm having revelation. <laughs> because there's no way I will not see revelation. His dream, I was dreaming when I said, I have revelation. Because I will have slept. You touch me. Are you praying? You just said, Daddy. <laughs> I said, <laughs> but there's no way I can be prayer walking and be sleeping at the same time. Hallelujah. Especially when you have decided to walk for one hour, there is no kekemarua that will take you in the night. You will drag yourself back to your house. You know, because when you are going, the energy is there. <laughs> when you get there, you now look at where you came from and say, oh God, I've gone this far. But the truth is, one hour to one hour back is two hours in the spirit. No, there's no way you won't hear something in your spirit. There's no way something will not drop. Because in that night, others are sleeping. You are paying a price. Knowledge is most communicated in the night. Why in the day? All you hear is voices. Because everybody's alive. That's what the Bible says. Day by day, utterance speech. Night by night, sweat forth knowledge. And words fly and travel faster in the night than in the day. That's why I discovered that when the elders were talking about orotoni ni nuokukun, lagiju, I was thinking that that oro is a demon. But one day God said, Oro, Oro. Is he Oro, demon? Or, I said, if he's a demon, I change it. I turn it to Oro, word. So in the night, I speak. And I speak into the atmosphere. And hear me, sir, that is when the marabout take advantage of the night. They speak before anybody wakes up. So by the time they wake up, they have already taken over the atmosphere. As from today, you will be taking over the atmosphere of your life before any other person wake up. You are not enchanted to interrupt anybody's journey. You are only making your own environment conducive for you. But when we sleep off, no time for God. Only when we come to church. All these things has to, that's why the essence of this stuff is, Lord, whatever you have not planted in my life that is taking my attention, root them out this morning. He said to Jeremiah, as we close up and begin to pray, Jeremiah chapter 1, look at it. He said, in verse 10, it says, see, I have this day set thee over the nations and over the kingdom to root out. What is it to root out? Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 3 verse 9. Luke chapter 3 verse 9. Every plan. Luke chapter 3 verse 9, sir. Can you project it for us? I want to buy time. Thank you very much. Say, and I also the axe is laid onto the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, we bring forget not for good fruit, is cut down and cast into the fire. Every tree, whatever is not bringing forth, they are just occupying the ground and they are wasting the space. The fruit that is coming there is not useful to me. Why are you keeping it standing? Lord, cut it down. Whatever is bringing forth fruit that is not useful to me in my life. Fruit at the end of the day, you can't eat it, you can't give it to people. It's so it's sour, it's not. It's, 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 Jesus said, why encumbering the ground? Why occupying the space without being an asset? Amen. Look at Matthew chapter 15, verse 13. Matthew 15, 13. Matthew 15, 13. Said, but he answered and said, every plant which my heavenly father has not planted shall be rooted up. They are just 
just wasting my space. I need space to breathe. This year, I want to breathe freely. We need some space. We are too choked. Too choked with so many things. Too choked. We can't even think straight. That's why creativity and innovation is dying down in our time. People are too choked. It's out to meet me. Chaos, chaos. Eh, the children are going to school now. Oh, Father. Eh, eh. Do I change the school of this child? Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. Father, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Father, Lord. The way you are even praying, you are even praying with unbelief in your heart. Why should God give me a child and he wants to go to school and I have to be crying to God? Before that school, the resources is available. How do I enter the resources? I must first realize there's availability of resources. I used to break plates when I was small. I'll break plate, I'll break pot, cup. Because my mother will always beat me. So anytime they say I should go and wash, my mom will say, be careful. It is when I say be careful that I will end up break plate. I don't know whether it has happened. Maybe I'm the only one that happened to. That day that I said, let me go. I go, <laughs> And one day God brought to me. He said, do you know when you are too careful, you make mistakes? We're too. That's where you just say, bam, you just say. Why don't you? Because we are too talked. Some of us, I'm sorry, this word might look very interesting. We take ourselves too importantly. We, it's, eh, eh, kid, what would they say now? What would they say now? Excuse me, is it about you? Are you here for yourself? Why are you taking things so, so, so importantly that you have left out the most important person in your mind, which is God? And eh, what would they say about me? What would that person say? What would that person say? You are too personality conscious. You have to allow God to have his way this year. Because uh, if you look at the journey, how best have we helped ourselves? Every tree that my father, and 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 to 5. 2 Corinthians 3 to 5 says, Though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare, they are not carnal. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. Casting down imagination and every high thing that wants to exalt itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought to subjection. Hear me, sir. Where God inspires is your imagination and your thought. When your imagination and thought is being taken over by negativity, there's no room for positivity. Where God inspires, sir, ideas rule the world, but the ideas come in form of imaginations and thoughts. Inspired thoughts. And he's just like, ah. You are the one who is hearing, thinking the thought by the inspiration, and you are seeing the picture. And that's what turns lives around. That's the secret behind great men that have succeeded without competition. Everyone that succeeds without competition succeeds on the platter of inspiration because you, can't you can only copy it, you can't com compete with it. You can only copy an inspired thought, you can't compete with it. He is the one who had it, he battered it, you will continue to pay it. That's what the American people, they call it, they call it uh, intellectual property. It's a big investment. Intellectual property is in idea that uh, no copyright, no trademark, all of those things. I come up with an innovation and I get my trademark or my copyright. If you dare it, you will, I will sue you and you will pay through your nose. They secure their branch 
intellectual property, they secure it. How many of us have intellectual property in Nigeria? Sitting down, how many of us? And these are product of inspiration. Sir, this year, the Bible says in the book of Job chapter 32, verse 8, there is a spirit in man. The inspiration of the Almighty God giveth it understanding. As children of God, we are meant to be accessible to divine inspiration. Because understanding, according to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 22, is the well that life springs out from. We need to be inspired. Every imagination, every thought that contradicts the purpose and the plan of God for us in 2022 will not have a way in our hearts. And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, he says this is the purpose why the Son of God was made manifest, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Every works of the devil. In fact, now I have found out that the devil is only capitalizing on our ignorance. He has no more power. The Bible says Jesus poured principalities and powers. Made a show of them. He triumphed over them in victory. That statement is a statement of confirmation that the devil has lost the control over our destiny. The remote control of our life is no more in the hand of the devil. Neither is in the hand of God, but he has given it to us. So what channel do you want to watch tonight? What channel do you want to watch this year? Amen. What channel of your life do you want to watch? Just press the remote control, pam, pam, and the channel will change. It's in your hand. This morning, the name of you that is above every other name, Jesus, whatever is choking the word of God. Sir, we have too many prophecies. Too many prophecies. I, I, I don't know how you see it. I mean, just see the way our Father and Lord just, was just reading out some of this word. Even since December, he kept saying the siege is over. He kept saying it. He kept saying it. He kept saying it. He said, look at what the devil is trying to do. He's just trying to do all of this because he knew the siege is going to be over. He's just trying to block avenue from people. Not hearing but we have heard. Glory be to God. It's time for it to find expression. Whatever we not allow the word of God to find expression in our lives. This morning, by the power of the living God, they shall be destroyed in the name of Jesus. Every past experiences of failure, disappointment, that is holding our thought and imagination in bondage, that is saying you didn't achieve it last year, how do you think you are going to achieve it this year? Has anything changed in your life? Anything might not have changed in your life or something have changed in the spirit. And that which has changed in the spirit can affect your life in a positive way. Because God has said it, and we have heard it, and we believe it, it shall come to pass. In the name of Jesus, whatever offenses that has caused us to walk out, walk away from the fountain of the waters of life. Just walk out and just walk into oblivion. Walk out and walk into pressure when God has put you by the rivers of his pleasure. In the name that is above every other name, you are coming back home. I said, you are coming back home. In the name of Jesus. So many of you, I don't know why I'm just talking this. You are supposed to be a preacher of the word. But you kept shying away from preaching. You kept shying away from telling somebody about the word of God. And I'm going to tell you what God impressed upon my heart to tell you this morning. All you are trying to do for yourself is to deprive, deprive yourself the power of the word. Let me tell you something about when God begins to use your mouth to speak his word. Because his word will never fall to the ground. It has to come to pass. He has to do something to make sure his word becomes potent in your mouth. In the other side, they call it Asherah. The authority of the word. 
When he put the authority of the word in your mouth, you says it, it comes to pass. Then you know what? You will only be a fool if you will not say it to your life too. So when you know you can say it and it can come to pass, all you just begin to do is just be saying it to yourself. Sir, I say this and I say with all the confidence and conviction in my spirit. I cannot be preaching the word of God and lives of men will be getting better and my life will remain the same. How can something pass through me and leave me the way I am? It's not possible, sir. It's not possible. When you are not allowing yourself to be a vessel for divine communication, you are depriving yourself of divine oil. This year, let us be deliberate. Check it out. Give it a trial. Give it a trial. Choose to win a soul. Choose to be a preacher. Choose to tell somebody about Jesus. You won't finish that day. You'll just see yourself bubbling with one kind of joy. You just see something in your heart. You just, you just feel good. You just, you know. <laughs> I remember one day I went preaching. I was just evangelizing. I have spoken. I was excited. I was coming. I did not know that I was close to a gutter. I fell inside gutter. Bam! Inside that gutter, I said, devil, hey, it's a lie. It's because you are. <laughs> I jump out. <laughs> I was going. Praise God. I said, devil, you want me to feel bad because I have preached. Me and the devil now became like I'm seeing you. Sir, anyone that preaches the gospel, do you know what you are doing to the devil? You are telling the devil you are a failure. Because all he has been doing is to make sure that we don't preach. How many of us talk about Jesus? This is sensitive. You are sitting there, all of us, you are listening to me in your heart. I mean, when last did you tell somebody about Jesus? That's why you know what I'm saying. But this Jesus, has he been good to you? Everyone say, yeah, he has been good. But why don't you tell somebody he's been good? When you want to say, say what I have to say. Mm. Does this one would not listen? Well, I will talk to another one. God did not call me to preach. I'm not a pastor. I'm not an evangelist. Excuse me. This year has to change. No, for yourself. For yourself. Give it a try. Let me share a testimony with us. No, the devil gave me a fight, but he fought me to also affirm that he lost. I was serving in Benway State and I was, I, was living, I was living by the North Bank. It's by the River Benway. So I, I got a lot of story about that River Benway. That is a place that strangers don't go near. They said a lot of, a lot of things that have happened to people who were not either a TV or a doma going to that river. And here was I staying. So I'll be looking at the river from a distance. And I said, okay, I'll have to cross the bridge because my office where I was serving was along Gotoporo. It was along after the bridge. So anytime I'm going to work, as soon as I enter public transport, I'll make sure I'll preach across the river. I'll preach across the river. One day I finished preaching. And I saw a big python. I was on the bus. Massive rose up from the river. was going up? Massive, and I was the only one seeing it. And he was going up, and as he was going up, the idea was to go up and come down for me. But I saw that as he was going up, I joined it. Praise God. And I gave the thing a very good blow up there. And the thing landed. I said, I have my victory. I did not go there during the day. I went in the night that nobody will saw me, will see me. I stood by River Bend and I said, they said, I don't come here. I jump inside the water. Pam! I don't, I don't know how to swim. <laughs> but 
But just like, I want to be free from the bondage of this river. Can somebody be telling me, I jumped inside. I stay, I stay. I said, okay, if anything wants to chop me, come and chop me. Nothing came to chop me that night. I went out. Before I left, by that same river, Benway, I saw people doing business there. I made money from that place. And I said, oh, anywhere they say you shouldn't come, there must be something there. Since that day, we said there's devil there. I will carry touchlight. I said, let me see the person. And by the time you get there, you find out that there's no devil there. Why are they telling there's devil there? Meaning that where men cannot go to is because there is darkness there. But anywhere there is darkness, light has the power from above to go there. And when you get there, you find out that what men have not been getting, because they've not been able to go there, you will get it. Shall we rise up on our feet? You know, you, know, you know the summary of that this year? Some places, some people dare not enter. You are going to enter. Some deals, some people cannot like... Uh, Someone was telling you that we eat the crumb. I said, you are not eating crumb this year. This year you eat the rebreath. Say, Pastor, amen. I am not meant for crumbs. How can I be eating crumbs? Say, you know the crumbs can be sweet. How can crumb be sweet? Well, well, if the sweet? If the crumb is sweet, the bread will be sweeter. In the name of Jesus, we eat from the table. I want us to lift up our voices to God. You know what is your spiritual state? What is your spiritual state? How is your connection with God like? How often do you hear from God? How often do you communicate with heaven? How clear is your vision of your tomorrow? How relevant are you to today? How free are you from the past? Everything in my past that is holding me down, there are weeds. They are not going to stop the hair from blowing on me. Lift up your voice and say, Father. Like I'm about about Father. Whatever is in my past, standing as a weed in my life, by your fire, consume them now. In the name of Jesus. By your fire. Rabakatosa Pradegedebos. Kamakasakatabash. Hey. Ratabadabarabadegedeboska. Kekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekekek
If somebody offended you and you have not let that person go, ma, when you see the person, how do you feel? You feel irritated, you feel like you just slapped the person. Like the Yoruba will say, I for you, come on. Because, sir, if there are people like that in our lives this morning, they are not needed. Let them go. For your sake and for what God has planned for you this year. For your sakes and your family. Lord, I release everyone that has offended me. In the name of Jesus, I let them go. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. Can you just go ahead and begin to talk to God? I know some of us thank you. That was exactly what God said you should do. Just walk up to this altar and release them. You know you have offenses. Some people have offended you. You know it. I don't know how. Close your eyes with them. Just come to this altar and say, Lord, I receive grace. I release them. I let them go. You are hungry. They've used you. They've dumped you. They've deprived you of your benefit. They've deprived you of your promotion. You know them. You know they've been instrumental to some negativity. This morning you have to let them go. Let them go. I know what I'm saying. Let them go. I want to be free. I don't want to be choked up. Tell the Lord, Lord, I don't want to be choked up. I don't want to be choked up. I don't want to be choked up. Let them go this morning. Please let them go. Release them from your heart. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. This person, the Lord says, you are in this house. Your wife offended you. Your wife offended you. Hmm. When you needed her most, she never came through for you. And you, you believe so strongly that she should be able to offer that assistance. But she never did. Say, so you are both husband and wife, though. But you have kept that in your heart. Say, so look at your home. The Lord is asking me to tell you. Say, so look at your home. Has anything good been happening? Says, so because the cloud of your home is already polluted with unforgiveness. The Lord asked me to tell you this morning. You want things to change for yourself? Forgive that woman. Because what she did was not aimed at her. It was aimed at you. To get you into this state so that the enemy can find their way, have access to your life. And they've gotten that access. That's what the Lord is saying to me. Forgive that woman. Forgive that woman. I don't know wherever you are. Maybe you are not here. Maybe you are. Wherever you are, just say, Lord, mention your wife's name and say, Lord, I forgive her. 
And one thing I want you to do as an instruction, please, before the end of today, tell her what you did. So, 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 and so, I kept it in my heart by forgiving you today. And watch what will happen in your family this week. That's what the Lord says I should tell you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to your name. Hallelujah. I want us to pray two more prayers and I'm done. Every imagination and thought that is choking the word of God in my life. Every contrary imagination and contrary thought that is making the word of God look like fable. That is making the word of God look like is impotent. Father, today, I pull down those strongholds. Sir, what the Bible calls thoughts and imaginations are strongholds. Sir, you didn't ask them to come, but they came. That you, you will sit down, you say you want to think good thoughts. Thoughts you never asked to come, they will just overrule your mind. They are strong, they, they can tie people down. Some pictures, you just find that they refuse to leave your mind. You're just like, I don't need this thought. Get out. And you will still come. Even when you sleep, those dreams are imaginations. What is the interesting thing about finding a sledgehammer in your hand in the middle of the night and you are breaking rocks? You see yourself on the dumping side picking paper. Dreams that you just like, God, what's the meaning of these dreams? Those dreams are satanic imaginations. You didn't invite them. Why don't I see myself? Uh, even if they say it's a bad dream, I like it. If I see myself counting money in my dream, they say, if you see yourself counting money, it's a lie of the devil. If I see myself counting money in the dream, I'll count money in the physical. Why should I be seeing myself on the dumping site? Why did I say if I see myself in the dumping site, I will meet myself in the palace? All those people interpreting dreams at times, I just look at them. Many of them become satanic agents in interpreting dreams. They keep people in bondage. You will say if you see yourself in the coffin, mean that you will be buried. It's a lie. Tell the devil that was not what God told me. I will even pray about it. Say, Pastor, you have to pray. Did he tell you you will die? He said, I said, have you taken the glory of God to the ends of the earth? No, you can't die. You are going to live to every imagination that has been choking the world, every thought that has been struggling with the word of God in my life. This morning, in the name of Jesus, I put them down. They will not stop me this year. They will not hold me back this year. Go ahead and begin to pray. They will not stop me. They will not hold me back. Thank you, Father. Glory be to your name, O God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. I think somebody should say this morning, Lord, lay your hands upon me afresh. Lift up your voice and say, Father, please, can you lay your hands upon me once again? Give me another touch in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and begin to talk to him. Rabanga 
Robanga Prekezeke Rayada 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 Hey Caprone Bosca Yambaraba Cabarabada Bada 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 Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. You are here this morning. You want to say, Lord, I want to have a new relationship with you. Wherever you are, can you just lay your right hand on your chest? Lay your right hand on your chest and say, Father, you want a family member. You sent your son Jesus to die so that I can be your family member. I come to you this morning. Please make me your family member. Make me your family member. Forgive all my sins. Cleanse me because polluted men and women are not members of your family. At the entrance into the house, they are washed by the blood. Let your blood wash me this morning. Cleanse me from every contamination and pollution. Let every dividing wall between me and yourself be pulled down. In your mercy and in your love. Save my soul. Save my soul. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, I pray. Wherever you are, if you pray that prayer, can you just lift up your right hand? I want to pray for you. God bless you. If you pray that prayer, just lift up your hand wherever you are. God bless you. Eternal King of Kings, you can see those hands raised up. God bless you. God bless you. Raise that hand above your head. Father, I'm asking right now, as you have done to many of us that you have called into this family, by giving us the joy of salvation, a confirmation of adoption in our spirit, Father Lord, please give this ones. A confirmation of adoption into this family. Fill them with the joy of salvation. And let the story of their life change for the better. Even until thy kingdom come, until we see you in glory, continue to make them better. Blessed be your name forevermore. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Please ushers, locate them, give them decision slips so they can get their details. Oh, thank you, Father.